Yesterday, upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish, he'd go away. Here's Mern's Antagonish. intersection of the supernatural and quantifiable, two wayward souls find themselves facing a world of the unknown and unexplained. Who among us can navigate the flickering boundaries between the paranormal and the scientific, and the questionable gray area in between? This is Parascience, a horror actual play podcast from Infinity Break, where we're telling stories our own way. When we last left our investigators, Agent Alistair McAndrews, Hermit Jules Ortiz, and Exorcist St. Garcia Flores were on board the Queen Mary, trying to uncover whether or not an alleged spectral entity was anything but a total fabrication. With the tourist attraction in the rear view, our investigators stopped at a local L.A. diner and settled in for the night at a motel, while Alistair received a new assignment from his mysterious government employers. When Saint and Alistair woke up the next morning, their temporary traveling companion had completely disappeared, leaving behind only their boots and a utility knife with an unexpected inscription. I have one question for the two of you, right off the top. How long did you look for jewels? Uh, so, so that depends on how long Alistair gives me, and I think that also depends on what else I find in the room, right? Because depending on the conclusion I come to, like, I, I may not need to spend a lot of time looking. Or I may sure. need to spend as much time as possible. I don't, it kind of depends. Uh, off the top of my head, because you did not go back to Jules' home in Chapter 1, I don't think the Jules had anything with them other than the stuff that you met them carrying. Mm -hmm. um, so in this case, in this case, her, her clothes, uh, her shotgun, uh, and any pocket stuff. Uh, so the One Ring of Power, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh th the character, I mean, look. It's not one-to-one -one with Gollum, but it's pretty close. <laughs> no, there's... Yeah, no, no. There's some not, vibes Yeah, there. I guess not inaccurate. Sure. Yeah. Nostal stupid federal officers. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the hell up. Uh, oh, so, so, anyway, Jules came carrying uh, what she came carrying. Okay, um, okay. So the stuff that's in that room is uh, her boots are, like, by, like, the, the, the motel dresser next to the TV. Um, uh, there, there is a shotgun uh, underneath the bed, I think you found it. It was, mm -hmm. like, tucked underneath the bed. Mm -hmm. uh, so, okay. presumably, so that if someone came in the door, they could do, like, a duck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> duck and grab kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the bedside table, one of you found the pocket knife with the inscription. Okay, I think it was me. Yeah, it was definitely Saint. 
Uh, and that, that inscription for the listener uh, from the end of last chapter, uh, don't quote me exactly because I winged it, uh, was uh, Jules Eugenio Ortiz, class of Quantico 2015. Congratulations. And okay. if 2015 wasn't the actual year I said, ballpark it. <laughs> Roughly around. that gives, yeah. But it gives us an idea of kind of the situation. Yeah. Okay. Five-ish years ago is all that matters. Cool. Um, and the state of the room, does it look like she actually slept here? Does it look like it's been mostly untouched? What's kind of the... What's the vibe? Let's say... Let me add this little wrinkle now. Let's say that there is a slight depression on one side of this, like, queen bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the covers don't look like they were touched. Okay. So she maybe um, sat down. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Or, or maybe only laid down on one side but never got underneath the covers or anything. Okay. Hmm. Or is a world champion bed maker. <laughs> I, you know, uh, no shade to Jules. I don't think that's probably true. I don't think that's probably how she lives her life. I mean, I don't know. The FBI Academy might really make you do hospital corners and shit. Or maybe mm. she's so paranoid she doesn't want anyone to know that she slept. <laughs> she doesn't sleep. J- Jules, bold of you to assume I sleep, Ortiz. Yeah. Okay. Um. Man, that's not a lot to go on. Uh. Hmm. And there's and I have but the other thing is I have no way of knowing like where she would have gone and we're in like fucking L.A. Like yeah. <laughs> She could be city of missing people. She could be anywhere. She could be literally she could be halfway to anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Alistair kind of leaves Saint to handle the like invest immediate investigation is gonna just. I mean, frankly, needs to like stock the car if we're you know if he's gonna be driving all the way to Nevada, uh, and is gonna use that as an opportunity to just kind of wander around the halls, the parking lot, since it's probably close to checking out time. See if he can hear anybody, you know, who who got up to take a shit in the middle of the night and heard anything or saw some, you know, saw a buff woman in bare, with bare feet, like, you know, running somewhere. You know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go find the vending machine and grab some vending machine snacks to stash in the console, center console for later, and see if anybody's gossiping by the ice machine. Sure, yeah, that yeah, kind of um, I don't, I, I don't think there's anybody talking to each other necessarily, uh, let's say that there's, um, you know, obviously there's, uh, whoever's in the front office, someone has to be manning that desk. Um, and let's say maybe there's someone kind of like aimlessly smoking on the, um, uh, like if this is like a two story motel, like on the, on the second level, like, uh, feet underneath the railing, um, like kind of leaning on it, like a balcony, like sitting on the concrete slab of the second floor. Okay. Uh, I will start with the office, um, I'm going to pay her bill and see if I can get any information out of it. You walk up to the front desk and the uh, the individual who is manning the booth uh, seems friendly enough. Um, 
They're they're kind of dressed. Um, they're not dressed very sharply, but they're wearing a button-up, which is something you might not expect for this uh, largely run-down kind of L.A. motel. Uh, this place isn't glamorous by any measure. How recently have either of you seen Memento? Not in a very uh, long time. Oh, you should see Memento. I, it's, it is on my incredibly long list of movies I should watch at some point. I told you oh. that I got like halfway through Memento when I was in high school and got bored and stopped watching it, right? I think that, that yes, I yeah, no, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Maddie Trumbo Gomes as our exorcist, and Garcia Flores, as uh, Ezra Kay as Alistair Graham McAndrews, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> it's not that I, I haven't avoided watching because I no. think it's not a good movie. I just, it's one of those things where I've never been in a mood where I thought, ah, oh, you know what I should do on this fine Wednesday evening? Fucking watch track Memento. down and watch Memento. I need a buddy for that movie. All right, that's fair. Come over then. Um, no, so... Uh, yeah, okay, that... let me drive 260 miles down. I mean, yes, I will drive 260 miles to Portland, but, you know. <laughs> Just to watch Memento. Among other things. <laughs> so, uh, Mark Boone Jr. in that movie, who is the same guy who plays Gordon's uh, shitty uh, cop partner in the Batman movies. Um, he runs... Oh, that like... guy! Yeah. The, um, what? They don't like falafel? That guy. Um, <laughs> gr- greatest line in any Batman uh, anything. Anyway, uh, he, he like runs like one of those motels in Memento. Um, and he's behind like, I guess like an implied kind of bulletproof like plexiglass sort of. He's like in a booth, even though it's a desk, he's like behind like a, like a, I mean, like the shields we see everywhere because of COVID. Um, but he's, yeah. like, in a secure yeah, booth yeah, yeah. because he runs a dirt-cheap motel in the middle of, like, L.A. Uh, or, I think, in Nevada, actually, I think is where Memento takes place. Um, so I'm picturing that kind of setup. Uh, and I hope that's helpful to people who haven't seen this movie in a bit, or at all. I mean, no, that, that yes, that makes perfect sense. I have, I have a picture. Um, I would like to go up and... I assume I don't have to, like, do anything so gauche as knock on the glass. Like, dude is awake and aware. Uh, how early is it? That's a good question. I know... How early does, uh, Alistair Graham McAndrews wake the fuck up? He's one of those fucking guys, isn't he? Hey, he's one of those fucking guys. He probably woke up, like, early. Um... I have my, I've worked in fucking grocery store bakeries for long enough that my sense of what is, like, early is completely fucked. Um, I don't know, like, he probably got up at, like, 6.15. That's when I have to get up for work. That seems right. (laughs) Sure, so maybe after looking around for a bit, maybe to the front desk by 7? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's up in the front desk by seven. My, I just want to, I'm trying to remember, I assume, because I definitely, like, covered the rooms. Yeah, use your government money. Yeah, because, well, because Jules didn't, definitely didn't pay Jules for a hotel room. Yeah, I think, honestly, originally she and I were sharing a room, and you had your own room, and upon her request, we swapped Yes. So it was bo- it was boys' room with Jules by herself. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I will. I will go up and politely um, knock on the glass if I need to to get this uh, individual's attention. Uh, yeah, let's say that they, um, you know, they're they're wearing like that kind of button up shirt, but you see like a couple like uh, burn and food stains on it. They have their feet up. They're kind of sitting on like a a wooden stool or whatever. Let's say they're kind of like half knotted off, not mm-hmm. like a not like a Disney movie like leaned all the way back <laughs> snoring with like a <laughs> with like a like a bubble or anything out of their nose, but like like just kind of slumped off belt. to the side. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the sheriff from Robin Hood. Just mm. um, thoughts in a bunch of film references here. Um, it's almost like the two players on this uh, show also have a movie podcast. Check out uh, Snake People at the Movies, also from the Infinity Break Network. One of our most quality podcasts. We only have two. Um, <laughs> quality podcasts? Anyway. Um... <laughs> So uh, anyway, yeah, they're 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 kind of like slumped off to the side a little bit, you know, half half dozing, you know, using their own shoulder as a pillow. Um, All right. Doesn't look like an intentional sleep posture. Yeah, that's gonna be hell on your neck later. Yeah, I I'll I'll knock you know politely but firmly on the on the little booth thing. Sure, they uh they kind of start awake. Um, I'm gonna say there's like a little like partition slider, uh, that they slide up. Uh, and uh, they'll just kind of ask, um, half groggily, uh, checking out. Uh, yeah. Um, also, my uh, my friend in um, oh shit, I don't know what uh room Jules had. I don't think we said. Go ahead and pick two random rooms. Um. Uh. Yeah, my my friend in forty three. Uh. She, I guess, got like a call, some kind of family emergency in the middle of the night, and she had to split. She didn't say if she had uh, like left her key in the drop or anything, and um, I, you know, I don't. It sounds like it's pretty bad, so uh, I figured that if if she didn't, I just would go ahead and pay the lost key fee because uh, I don't think she's gonna be able to. I don't want to bug her with any of the anything like that right now. Oh, uh, She's got uh, other stuff on her mind. That's a uh, uh, very gracious of you. Very gracious. Uh, all right, it was uh, sixty-five for the for the night uh, for for both rooms, and then uh, uh, key replacement fee is thirty dollars. Okay. Do you mind just? I mean, I not that I'm not good for it, but do you mind just checking to see if she uh, if she did do the the overnight drop off? Uh, he kind of leans over to the side. Uh, there's like to to a, a space you can't see uh, from where you're standing, but you see his arm kind of jerk back, and you can hear uh, you can hear like the sliding of like a you know like a like a library drop off kind of yeah. uh, mail slot kind of metal clank sound. Uh, nah, nothing in here. Sorry. Ah, uh, well, you know, love her, but she'd forget her own head if it wasn't attached. Sure. Uh, which sorry, which two rooms again? He takes uh, it was a pen. uh, literally. What did I just say? Forty three. <laughs> yeah. So forty three uh, and forty two. Yeah, for yeah, forty three and forty two. I'm not there. I don't, <laughs> who is that disembodied voice? Uh, that that's the voice of uh, Alistair having a better memory than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> 
He writes up a little handwritten receipt and slides it to you underneath the partition before moving his hand off of it and slapping the counter next to it twice. Uh, not that he is actually trying to rush you, but maybe that's just a practice gesture. All right, I will... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume that Alistair has a credit... a, a extremely normal-looking credit card for this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so I will just go ahead and settle up and uh, take note of the part where I, not that I would expect Jules to remember how uh, motel checkouts work under the best of circumstances but this points to she had to get out of Dodge in a hurry hmm. uh, yeah the, the clerk takes the credit card uh, 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 swipes it uh, mumbles something about how we'd prefer cash next time uh, and then hands Noted. you back the card I'm making a real character here who is just Mark Boone Jr. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, hey, you're going to make up a motel guy right now? Just off the top. Yeah. I will. <laughs> well, the, this, the little telltale Alistair will remember this pops up and is like, oh yeah, small town in Nevada, make sure to carry cash. <laughs> for sure. Well, there you will actually meet a different hotel year in that one. Great. <sighs> Delightful. How many I hotel people can we make you make up? This is my new game. Hey, uh, maybe Jules went to a different hotel. Do you want to go check out a different hotel? <laughs> Son of a bitch. We're just, we're, this is going to turn into the, uh, the <laughs> weird motel tour of America that is the hit CW show Supernatural. <laughs> God, wait till you, okay, two things. One, there's a hotel on a boat nearby that I hear is going to need tourist attraction. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's three hotel people in like two episodes, so. Uh, two. Uh, Ezra, wait till you hear my intro for the episode. Yes! <laughs> I love it when I... Uh... <laughs> Jules went on a hunting trip and she hasn't been home in a few oh my days. God! <laughs> <sighs> okay, hold on. Ben, I'm sorry. Is is Saint Sam? Or is, is Alistair Sam? He's the research Alistair's, guy. Alistair's definitely Saints Sam. Dean? He's the research guy. Saints Dean. Because he's cool. Yeah, also because <laughs> duty is his whole deal. Oh, you're so right. You're so yeah. right. Okay, we're done. Can I detour on my way back um, and uh, go past the person who is smoking on the next floor up? Sure. Uh, do you want to go up to their level, or do you want to talk to them from below? Oh, I'm going to go try to bum a smoke. Okay, sure, yeah. So, next to them, or do you want them to throw it down? Uh, no, uh, sure. <laughs> you, you you walk up a little, little spatial. Flick a fucking humor. cigarette at me over the uh, balcony now. Uh-huh, that's right. Cool, yeah, so you uh, you walk up the stairs. The, uh, the person is just kind of staring. Um, I don't know, let's say the... Let's say the the hotel you're staying in faces east. So let's say they're watching the LA sunrise. Nice. Oh. Um, the uh, that classic. Uh, I think it's from like the Grand Canyon suite. Uh, sun waking up music that gets used in like old Looney Tunes cartoons starts playing. Oh, sick! Love it. <laughs> yeah, you know the one. Yeah, but it's more fun when you do the sound effects. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just kind of, to, again, do the, like, not getting too close before somebody, like, realizes that I'm standing there because 
sneaking up on people is rude. Oh, sure. Okay, well, uh, then she picks up on you. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and, and it, you know, single one, I'm, I'm gonna keep my distance and say, uh, uh, morning, uh, hey, can I, uh, buy a single off you? It's so damn hard to find somebody who, you know, still smokes real cigarettes these days. Um, yeah, she, she kind of looks up at you, uh, looks back to the sunrise for a moment, looks back up and goes, uh, sure, uh, a dollar, if you got one. Cheers. Yeah. I will pull out a, I just, I do have cash, just not enough for a hotel room. I will pass her a dollar and, uh, mind if I kind of just, you know, make sure she's okay with me kind of sitting close enough to chat, but not close enough for, you know to be weird and watch the sunset uh sure yeah i think you kind of you kind of gesture at that uh body language wise uh before she just kind of without looking at you goes like i don't know let's say uh it's a free country you can sit (laughs) cheers all right i'll sit and smoke for a minute um, Alistair, who only smokes when he has to pull something like this. My man is not a habitual smoker. He just, you know, this is one of the sort of like getting to know people shit 101 things that they teach mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and uh, how many times do you exercise a week? Okay, uh, do you smoke uh, surreptitiously? <laughs> Only for uh, the most top secret of uh, government information gathering reasons. Uh, For stealth? Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Oh, you mean it's about the nicotine addiction for some people? Yeah, no, I just use it as a way to, like, make connections. There's there's a joke here about for my health, but it's for stealth. Anyway, whatever. I am. I am just like not. Uh, I'm not on my pun game this evening. <laughs> They're good for your stealth. I don't know. Oh my god. Uh, let's see. You don't mind if I actively workshop my material on air? I mean, I'm pretty sure you're just gonna do it anyway. So no, I don't mind. Thank you. Uh, Very forgiving. Oh yeah, I am gonna try to small talk this woman. I hope she doesn't hate it too much. Kind of, you know, squinting into the LA sunrise, just like. I know it's an old joke about the uh, terrible air quality and beautiful sunrises, but damn, worth getting up early for. Maybe that's why this town is nothing but artists. <sighs> yeah, shit. Guess people got to get the crazy out somehow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Um, kind of gestures with the cigarette and says, uh, thanks, by the way. I had a fucking tense night and really needed one of these. Keep telling myself I'm, you know, gonna quit, but. Uh, she just kind of nods to that one. Sure, sure. Yeah. She doesn't seem particularly invested in your uh, personal health. Yeah, I'll kind of i'm trying to make the cigarette last so i have more chances to talk to her uh and yeah alistair kind of leans back and says uh hey um 
I mean, I know it's L.A., but, uh, did you hear anything weird last night? Uh, anybody running off somebody, um, thought somebody downstairs, uh, was over at the vending machines and somebody was talking about somebody laying out of here like a bat out of hell. I've been watching you the entire time since you left your room. You weren't talking to anyone. But, yeah, I heard someone peel out of here at like 3 in the morning. It's not uncommon, though. That's like the third time I've heard that this week. <sighs> yeah. I got a... I got, I got a friend... You know, she's she's good people, but she's kind of she's kind of all over the place, you know, and most of the time, you know, she'll disappear and come back, disappear, come back. Love a bad penny. I just uh she always tells me not to worry about her, but kind of a stick in the mud can't help it, and I was just a uh... Honestly, I just wanted to make sure she didn't do something dumb like steal a car. When she, uh, had somewhere she had to be in the middle of the night. Uh, the, the woman looks out, uh, let's say, uh, to the rest of the parking lot and just goes, Well, my car's still here, so I'm not pressing charges. <laughs> Alright, well. Thanks for the smoke. Mm-hmm. I will, uh... I'm not going to try to roll anything because I don't think I'm going to get anything else out of this interaction. Uh, I think halfway, when you're when you're walking halfway down the stairs, I think I think uh, she kind of shouts over, uh, I hope you find her, though. <sighs> Me too. Saint, what are you up to? I'm still digging around the room, honestly. Um, you know, I... I can roll and investigate if you would like me to. I, I, I very much doubt I'm going to find anything. Go ahead and roll a challenge of investigate. Okay. So uh, I'll give you, uh, you know, you're you're an uh, observational individual. Uh, go ahead and just be plus two, and we'll call it good. I did it. So I had a plus, and I had a neutral. Uh, wait, sorry, you have to roll four. Is that right? Not just yeah, two. Yeah, four, four, four. Okay, so I have a plus a neutral and two neutrals. So with my plus one to investigate, that is a two. Okay, cool. Yeah, you look around the room some more. Uh, you you re-notice that thing about the bed. Uh, you see that the uh, the bathroom was absolutely used. Uh, it looks like um, maybe uh, maybe a towel got thrown around, so it looks like Jules at least took a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, might have been their first one in a while, mm-hmm. uh, given that they live in the woods. And not just any wood, a haunted wood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I respect it. Yeah. Uh, that that might have been when they took their boots off. You don't know necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say you uh, you look over by the uh, the the doorway. Uh, it looks like that that door has seen better days and has maybe some suffered some damage in the past, but you can't necessarily tell if it happened uh, last night or a week ago. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you're not in a great part of town. Fair enough. Uh, clarified question: Jules uses she/her pronouns. Yes, I said they a couple times because Nick. Yes, um, yes, that's what I wanted to clarify for the listener who yeah, may be wondering. No, my mistake. She her. No, the player of Jules uses they. That Jules herself mm-hmm. uses she her. Um, yes, hard not to separate. Uh, uh, <laughs> hard to separate Nick from the weirdo hermit that they play. Yes, yes. 
Love you, Nick. Um, Seven with okay. love. Please don't listen to the show. <laughs> Stop listening right now. Uh, okay, that doesn't tell me a lot. That that gives me like nothing to go on. Um, hmm. Sure. Let's say. Um, let's say the blinds are askew a little bit. Oh, as in, as if somebody was looking out of them, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, like maybe maybe one or two of the you know these are your standard kind of like plasticky little blinds uh one or two of the like of the horizontal uh <laughs> singular blinds um are like bent upwards sure um the door was it was unlocked when we came I in i believe i believe unlocked yeah okay um this may sound this may be something that i wouldn't be able to find an answer to but i figure i should at least ask if I go to the parking lot, does it look like there's any sign of, like, a scuffle? Or, like, is there, like, is there blood? Like, <laughs> uh, is there anything here that would indicate something untoward happened last night? Uh, no, not that you see. Okay. Okay, that makes me feel better, actually. Because, uh, and in Saint's mind, he's like, if Jules got taken, she would start biting. There would be blood. <laughs> Uh, so the fact that there isn't actually kind of makes him feel like, oh, I think she may have just left. Cause if, if she was taken, she would have put up a fight. Um, okay, cool. I will, uh, I, I think my search takes enough time that we can just say that like Alistair comes back down while I'm in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, works for right. me. The two of you reconvene then. Okay. Uh, Hey, you find anything? Any? Uh, I mean, she didn't drop off her key or anything, but I wouldn't expect her to, no, no. matter what. Uh, and uh, somebody said they heard somebody go tearing out of the place at maybe three in the morning, but not like a, you know, not a not a fight mm. or anything. I I think. I mean, she must have just bugged out. Yeah, I I have a hard time believing that she left without a fight, you know. I mean, she left the boots and the shotgun, which is weird, but like... Oh, yeah, come on. If Isn't that the, you know, if somebody's going to plant a tracker, boots would be the classic. The boots would be the place, yeah. I'm and sure. also, I she's smart enough to know that, like, running around <laughs> with a shotgun in the middle of L.A. is not a great idea. Yeah. Um, she also... Uh, she also left this, and I'll, I'll show him the knife now. Um, which, I don't know. It, I, clearly she kept it for sentimental reasons, or I don't know, maybe she didn't, but that does tie into the theory that maybe she left behind anything identifying. Alistair, like, doesn't react dramatically, but does kind of run his finger over that inscription a few times. Huh. Yeah. Kind of surprised me too, actually. Uh, but, I don't know. Well, uh, if we see her again, drop the Eugenia thing where I can hear the reaction. <laughs> I would never. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll pocket the knife. Um, well, I, you know, hopefully we'll run into her. Uh, I'm going to take 
her I'll, I'm gonna take her stuff just in case I don't know so I'll, I'll grab her her boots and her shotgun and stuff um how rank how I, uh, okay Hold those on. boots have been wa- did, did the boots stink oh yeah that's true oh, did the boots absolutely how? okay but she's but they're her boots I'm gonna yeah. bro I'm gonna be on a motorcycle I'm not gonna be able to smell yeah them. no because yeah no <laughs> Alistair like you pick up the boots and Alistair just goes not in the Toyota I this is the benefit of being on a motorcycle is uh I'm not gonna have to smell them I'm gonna be outside <sighs> Uh, maybe you should have the shotgun in, in your car, though. I don't think having that strapped to my bike is a good idea. Saint, when you pick up the uh, when you pick up the shotgun and the boots, you can hear a distant, uh, triumphant trumpet sound in the back of your mind. <laughs> do, I love luck. New I'm inventory play. items acquired. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm gonna open my skill tree. Um, it looks like I, I saved some points for my last level up, so I think I'm gonna drop <laughs> those in necromancy. I've been saving up for that, so. Oh boy. Equip shotgun. <laughs> do not equip boot. I will. I will secure the shotgun. We have different in, sizes. In the Toyota. Cool. Now I have a gun. I can't shoot for shit. You, now you, you have do. a gun that you're not allowed to hold. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, so we, we pack up. I, I'll, like, hop on my bike and just kind of gesture towards the exit of the park and be like, all right, lead the way. I, I will, obviously, like, we... Alistair, like, if you look... If Saint looks at his phone, Alistair has, like, texted him... Oh, the address? Well, well not just the address. Like, the address, like, the route he's planning on taking. Oh, my God. The stops he plans to make. Dork. Yes. <laughs> he fucking he fucking texted me his little map quest situation. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Saint looks at his phone and looks up and is like, dork. <laughs> Puts on his helmet and revs the motorcycle. Alistair opens his mouth to try to get in and come back. Um and then uh mouths at knowing that Saint like probably can't hear. Yes, him, I've already mouths. pulled out of the parking lot. <sighs> yeah. What you don't see is Alistair going, Boy Scout. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, we start we start making our way. How long does it take to drive from LA to that part of Nevada? Did you look this up? We're going to ask this every time we go someplace new. <laughs> no, sure. I mean, it's a road trip. Um, I think it's about 12 hours. Let me check. Okay. Are we, uh, Z, does Alistair stop? The, for the night, or does he just drive straight through? No, let's see. It's we we're probably leaving around like eight a.m. Saint has some like light camping gear. I'm sure. I I don't know. I I'm Alistair may be like a motel guy, but I'm sure it's well, at one of their pit stops. Saint is like, hey, like this is taking longer than we expected. Do you just want to like pull over at the like next campsite or something? <laughs> There's a Super Eight. I think was it Super Eight? What was the one where I was trying to investigate whether the motels are all. Uh, Best Western. Some sort of weird web. It was... Oh, Best Western. That's right. Um, Are you going to tell you about your your Best Western? No, not yet. Um, We haven't reached that level of trust yet. Uh, From this part of uh, California, Long Beach specifically, uh, up to this part of Nevada in about nine and a half hours. Let's just... I mean, we're in LA. Like, traffic. Oh, sure. Wait, let me do... uh, I can't put boy to say that I care this much, but I absolutely super do because I'm me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> departure time, 8 a.m. All of a sudden, it just became 12 hours. Yeah, totally. Yeah, fucking mad rush hour. And it's, what, like fall, right? Fall, winter. So sun goes down earlier. I don't want to drive at night, so we just decide to pack it in early, and we stop at a motel like a couple hours out from our destination. Sure. It's early mid-December. Uh, the um, the sun goes down at like 7, earlier, 6.30, who knows. Yeah, and, and honestly, it's a sm- we're going to a small town rolling in there after dark in, you know, mid-December. It's like, nothing's going to be open. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're the town jackass. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just say that. We stop a few showers outside once it gets dark. And Okay, uh, is there something either of you two want to talk about? Uh, Are we uh, sharing Saint, a room? Do you want to share the... That's up to... I think uh, Alistair's instinct is yes, because it's, okay. you know, it's convenient. It's convenient. But it, yeah. And also, one of our friends left last night, and like, uh, And we're pretty sure she's fine, but also like... Man, I don't know. Also, like... I'm sure Alistair doesn't want to pay for two rooms. I mean, you know, not if he doesn't have to, yeah. Yeah, because I am making him pay, because my suggestion was to go camping, and he was like, no, I want to spend more money. It's like, okay, bitch, your money then. Uh, Cool, yeah, so I think that we do share a room. Ben, you were going to say something that wasn't, do we share a room? What was better? Oh, sure, I I was going to ask if Alistair had any information that uh, he wanted to share with Saint, but also, I would like to add that, yes, you do have another phone call uh, with your handler, Agent Gray, who informs you of some more additional details that Oliver Coy was assigned to the town of Kenway, Nevada, after locals uh, called uh, in strange apparitions that they were, used, that they were uh, seeing. Um, the call was unspecific, uh, but somebody kept muttering uh, the words, Giants and Angels. Coy was there for about two weeks and was submitting regular reports. Uh, They got more frantic with time, and at one point uh, he was just faxing in blank photographs of empty streets with certain sections circled and highlighted with no written explanation. Hmm. Weird. Corners of buildings and sidewalks and front porches. Highlighted and circled. No, Alistair's gonna go for it. He kind of, you know, has like a. I'm, I'm assuming I have all this stuff on like a tablet or something like that. That seems like what makes the most sense. It's not actually X Files aesthetics, so I don't have like a Manila folder full of printouts. And you probably don't uh, be like, Saint, can you sit in the passenger seat of my car? Uh, watch the glove compartment as it turns into a supercomputer. No, yeah, I'm no. I'm imagining this scene turning into the like skull. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I was imagining too. Yeah. Um. No, he he like comes back and and kind of sits down and at like the little dorky table that's in all of those rooms and just says, uh, "It's we're in kind of a procedural gray area." Here, but if you're coming along, I feel like I should read you in on some of the specifics. How how classified is this document I'm about to look at? How many how much trouble am I gonna be in if I look at this document? It's not on a classified scale. Oh. And um that's more alarming. That depends for some on reason. who finds out. Great. 
Well, oh, come here. Uh, I look. It's probably nothing. But... I take the tablet. <laughs> no, he's like, and you know, as long as no one finds out, and say it's like, all right, whatever. I'm really excited for the episode where it's like, hi, uh, Alistair McAndrews. I'm here for my uh, annual review. This is my plus one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He's yeah. been doing yep. half my work for the last year. Yeah. That's, uh, look, you know, if they insist on sending us all out here without backup and shit like this keeps happening. Um... <laughs> hi, I've um, been subcontracting. Yeah. I, Sir, uh... <laughs> that's my emotional support exorcist. <laughs> It's, it's it's fake dating, but I said it's fake coworkers. Oh my god! Oh, don't you oh don't you know Agent Garcia Flores? He's been working here for like three years. Yes. Yep. I think I uh, remember. You remember him at the Christmas party, right? Yeah. I'm I'm cultivating a source. <laughs> He's my contact. Saint is an asset. <laughs> Fellas, is a is a gated app a contact? Fucking somebody, somebody, yeah, keep telling yourself that, McAndrews. I will flip through the, you know, let Saint flip through the photos and just kind mm-hmm. of give a quick rundown of, you know, Agent, it's Choi? Did I mishear that? Oliver Coy. Coy, excuse me. Anyway, uh, Officer Coy was steady. So this is, uh, unusual behavior i don't know what was going on but i don't think he would act like that without um some kind of outside influence sure uh ben can i roll can i i would like to evoke an aspect please absolutely Um, and i would like to possibly try and create an advantage uh i want to try and roll veteran of the damned to see if I can figure out if there's something up with these photographs. Like, you know how there's, like, quarter, like there's like spirit photographs, and sometimes there's, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's an orb, or whatever. Um, I want to see if there's something up with these photographs that I can tell, like, is it just, like, here's a circle? Totally, totally. Um, Sorry, everything that we discussed about how fate works has suddenly deserted me. Basically, I want to try to help with this. No. As like a put our heads together kind of a thing. I have a I have a pretty high lore. Like lore is my best skill. Okay. Yeah, sure. And so if if Saint I wanna kind of try to come at it from a di- you know, Saint has a lot of personal experiences and anecdotal stuff, and I have a lot of kind of the more documented kind of a thing. And like obviously they wouldn't be sending me out on this if they knew what it was, but I have you know, kind of information magpied my way around. Hold on. Okay, let me read. Yes. I'm looking at this again because I realized that in order to invoke an aspect, um, I have to spend a fate point. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't have to invoke an aspect to do this role. I can just do it. Which means that actually, what is your lore? Plus four. You should probably do this role. Okay. Uh, because otherwise I'd be rolling with my lore, which is a, a regular plus two, and I could invoke my aspect to give me another plus two or do a re-roll or whatever, um, but I, I don't know if we have any fate points yet, so, uh, so I don't know if I can, I can spend one to, to do that right now, so. You have fate points because, um, it, it so you refreshed when the previous chapter ended. Right. So you have uh, a new set of eight points. How many? I think I said three or four. 
Uh, my refresh, it looks like I have three of three. Is, okay, is that yeah, what that then, means? Then, okay. then I dictate henceforth that you have three every time we refresh. And we refresh at the end of a chapter, correct? You refresh at the end of a chapter or in moments in which I declare a refresh. Okay, that might okay, be cool. when you go to bed, like a long rest. That might be in the middle of the day if something big enough happens. Okay, um, But sure. you always you always refresh back up to the number that you uh, that 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 is your refresh rate. If you have more than that, you keep that. If you have okay. one, you refresh it back up to three. If you have five, you keep five. Oh, so because you could okay, get fate points sense. for stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Now I understand. You earn fo- fate points by accepting compels which is when I or other characters even compel you to do an action that might complicate matters or be against your best interest, but is in character for you. Uh, so no, I don't think I want to invoke an aspect yet. I do. One of my stunts is lucky. So twice a chapter, I could reroll a bad roll, which is very nice, but I only get two of those. So I think at this point in the game, it's probably better if you try and do this roll to get us an advantage. Okay. That's fair. I I would like to flavor it as us discussing it. Yeah. Just because, I'm, you know, Saint has... If I can assist, I will. But I think that you should yeah. probably do the primary role. Sure, that makes sense. And also, I don't remember how assisting works in Fate. There are two versions of helping in Fate. Combining skills for when you are putting the same kind of effort into an action, like using physique together to push something over. And stacking advantages for when the group is setting a single person up to do well, like causing multiple distractions so that one person can use stealth to get into a fortress. So, direct help and indirect help. This sounds like more of a direct help, that we are doing it together. You are collaborating on a mental puzzle together. Yeah, yes. I think so. So, how, how does that bonus work then? When you combine skills, figure out who has the highest skill level among your participants. The other one needs to fuck off. What the hell? <laughs> well, uh, that's rude. <laughs> each other participant who has at least average or plus one in the same skill adds plus one to the highest person's skill level. Then only the lead character rolls. So if you have three helpers and you're the highest, you roll that skill level with a plus three bonus. Okay. So basically that just means an automatic plus one. Yeah. Okay. From, cool. So from you're going to roll with a plus five. And a whole ass plus five. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me get fucking four negatives. <laughs> well, we hope not. No. What's the difficulty? How did you get uh, a negative five? Wait, uh, oh yeah, what is the difficulty here? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, fuck it. Let's make it just, uh, let's make it three. Okay, okay that seems cool. fair. So, I am rolling d6s because I am a That's coward and a fool who has not yet, uh, just shelled out for fucking fate dice. My fate so dice got, are in the other room, so. <laughs> I got two, I got two threes, so two neutrals, uh, wait. Yeah. Yes. Three, one, two is negative. Three, four is neutral, and five, five six, six is positive. Is, so I got three neutrals and a plus. So plus six in total. So or plus two, six yeah. in total. So crushed it. Crushed it. So more than double. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Fucking air horns. Um. Does that get us a? Hold on. Does that get us a success with style or whatever? Uh, I think so. Uh, Z, I'm gonna say that as part of your equipment package. We have never mentioned this before, but I think you succeeded so well, and I think this logically fits with your character, that I'm going to give you some equipment. Okay, I'm, I'm, my inventory section is open and ready. Okay, cool. I'm going to say that you absolutely have a blacklight on hand. Like a blacklight Hell flashlight. Hell yeah! Uh, nice! I, I, like, I feel like that's like... That's not even you. I feel like that should be standard issue for a dude who hunts ghosts. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, or, or at least tries to observe ghosts. Um, 
So I bet, you know, I and I bet like, you know, you maybe I'm willing to bet that you're able to pull from protocol. That th there has to be like a bunch of courses um, that got you to where you are. A bunch of trainings around document handling. Oh, definitely. Um, I took all of the electives in like archival stuff. Totally. Both, uh, you know, historical information should you wind across a weird book that's 100 years old, but also, um, you know, handling of evidence. And this is mm. definitely evidence. Um, I'm going to say that you, like, you shine the black light and there appears to be... Let's see. Um, well, well, certainly the, the highlighting... Um, it doesn't affect the, the ink. It doesn't affect the... the um, normal like pen ink or anything but it definitely makes the highlight uh, like the yellow pen highlighting glow uh, significantly and it seems that you kind of notice this because it's so significantly more pronounced some of these photos were, were you know taken place uh, were taken during the day and they were taken place in areas where you know they're lit uh, across like uneven backgrounds and all that kind of stuff so you maybe yeah. didn't totally grasp um you didn't maybe totally grasp all of what was being highlighted, you know, because it's yellow pen on, on like, sunny backgrounds and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I think when it's glowing a slightly different color under the black light, um, you notice that every time that a section is highlighted, it's almost always from, like, the bottom of the photo to the top of the photo um, oriented that way. Vertical shapes. Tall vertical shapes. That is, it's not just like circling, that this person is like highlighting basically bars, upwards bars on these photographs. Oh. That there are specific spaces on these photos that are being, that you are being drawn to. However, at a glance, you cannot see anything particular about about those spaces. It's the corners of buildings, it's brick walls, it's empty fields. There's nothing there. Something tall. I'll like pull out my notebook and just jot down, you know, what I did and what the result was. Alright, fair enough. But, uh, so we've definitely retconned into your character. Um, blacklight flashlight that you have a blacklight flashlight but also that you have like that kind of document knowledge document okay. and archival knowledge sweet don't we also get to hold basically uh sure i'm not sure exactly how those would take form the way this works is i mean at least what i wanted to do is create an advantage and that advantage being we know what we're up against or we know we know what he was trying to point out to us or like right. we have some ideas maybe. right uh, and so that, that aspect would be something along the lines of, like, know your enemy. And then we would get to... The, they're called invocations, but I think Monster of the Week terms, so I think hold. You get two uh, invocations to, like, invoke that aspect of, like, we know what we know what he was trying to indicate to us. Oh, yes, yes. You do have those that you can use uh, in later scenes. Yeah, so we will need to remember that. Okay. Fate's I'm fun! to... I, you know, now that I understand how it works, yeah, um, I'm, okay, in my adventure notes, I am putting down, uh, hold Are you, to... Are you tracking that? Okay, great. 
Yeah, just uh, and I'm I'm gonna phrase it as hold to um for I don't know creature ID. Yeah, I was I used the like the know your enemy, but I yeah. think that creature ID is probably slightly more specific here because we don't really know what this is. No, I'm but... you said know your enemy, so I'm gonna go ahead and and do hold two for know your enemy. Yeah. And that's, I feel like that's something that we could use kind of as an aspect in future things, too. Like, that could yeah, just be our, like, definitely. identifying a thing. Uh, do you have anything else to say to each other in this scene? Uh, no, we kiss on the mouth and then we... Oh, <laughs> I couldn't even get the fucking sentence out. Um, um, no, I yeah, feel like it's I probably think... a little awkward, right? Like, yeah, we, we, like, put our heads together to do this puzzle and there's, like, this elation of, like, oh, shit, like, oh, we figured it out. And we're yeah. like, ah, cool. And then we have this moment of like, oh, I don't, I don't really like you that much. I don't actually know you that well, and I, I don't, don't think know I like you that, you that well. Much. And I don't think I, at least for Sade's point, he's like, I don't think I like you that much. Uh, I don't know if if Alistair feels the same way. Um, Alistair but thinks it, Saint is potentially useful, but also a potential liability. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is kind of our, and I think that uh, you're kind of an asshole. So that we are like, we have this Fair. elation of like. Ah, cool, we did it! Yay! We solved the mystery! And then we're like, Yeah. Ah, it's you, though! Uh, and I think probably the rest of the night is, like, kind of awkward. Like, we just kind of shuffle around and do our thing, and then just kind of be yeah. like, Alright! Uh, good night! Haha! <laughs> do you want me to- Do you want me to leave the light on? I'll leave the light on. Okay. <laughs> our players drive through California and into Nevada past the California desert and hills, into the bright city lights of Las Vegas, and back into the desert and hills of Nevada. There are rolling clouds, endless dirt-dusted roads, and regimented power lines and mileage signs ticking by the seconds on the highway. It's a modern American road trip, with two professional ghost detectives in two separate vehicles. The unlit skeleton of a neon giant marks the road home to Kenway, Nevada. A gaudy cowboy in boots and spurs stands stiff and immense above the road sign to the small American hamlet. It's overcast, it's cloudy, the streets are empty, and it might as well be a ghost town. So what did the department see out here that necessitated an agent being deployed to the middle of nowhere? And what did he see that made him dip below the radar? This is Chapter 3, Where That Wasn't. What you've just been listening to was Parascience, a glimpse into a world unknown. It was an actual play horror adventure told to you through the fate system. Our players were Ezra K as Eyes on the Ground Agent Alistair McAndrews and Maddie Trumbo Gomes as capable young man St. Garcia Flores. As you may have surmised, Nick will not be joining us for at least this arc as they pursue their education. As for myself, I was your game master and disembodied voice, Ben Hamlin. I also produced this show, just for you. Our theme song and incidental music are by the incorporeal Johnny Ronaldo, and our logo was crafted by the haunted visage of Tara Bossart. Additionally, this chapter's story was created with the assistance of Sarah Hussein. This show is brought to you by Infinity Break, where we're telling stories our own way. We appreciate you listening to this program. If you would like to help the show succeed, there are a good many ways to do that. You can help spread the word about the show on social media and by simple word of mouth. You can at us at ParasciencePod on Twitter, and while you're at it, why not tag InfinityBreak23? We have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash InfinityBreak, where you can start donating to InfinityBreak for as little as $1 a month. 
We appreciate your support and promise a good deal of behind-the-scenes audio. And finally, if you listen through Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave a review. Reviews help us rise in the podcasting charts and help more people stumble across our show like a body in the woods. That's all for now. Let parasites flicker and stretch behind you like a shadow in the hot desert sun. We'll see you in two weeks' time.